0: They made a house out of twigs, and the wolf came.
1: Aww. He blows it down.
0: Yeah, but w- what happens in the middle?
1: keep wanting to do this little piggy went to market, but that's with the toes. I didn't know you guys wanted kids. You guys should do it. Yeah. You would make such good parents. I really loved your film. It was that scene with the dogs around the garbage. How did you stage that? I said, hey, shoot those dogs. <laughs> Beautiful. You wanna come get a bite with us? Why do you suddenly wanna hang out with a couple of twenty-five year olds? We were just twenty-five. I mean we were, but you know. It'll be fun. This is The Script, the official podcast of the NYC Screenwriters Collected. I'm David Negrin. I'm here with Meryl Branch McTiernan. Meryl and I are New Yorkers. We're both mid-30s. We're both single and have talked so much shit about relationships and getting older in New York. It was only natural we do a podcast on Noah Baumbach's latest, While We're Young. Um, Meryl's a screenwriter, novelist, and sometimes columnist for the Huffington Post, and now she lives and works in Los Angeles. Meryl, welcome to the script.
0: Thank you, David, I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, this is gonna be interesting. I knew you and I had to do a one-on-one for this.
0: Uh, yeah, it's our first one-on-one, so let's, uh, let's get going.
1: As usual, we'll analyze the film with a focus on story, and use the Blake Snyder beat sheet as a rough format for our discussion. If you need an explanation for the Blake Snyder beat sheet, you can find one on the website of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. Merrill, what did you think of this movie? General thoughts.
0: <sighs> General thoughts. Um, I thought it was very good. I am so dumb. Okay, a f- uh, <laughs>
1: you're a fan of the movie.
0: <laughs> I'm a fan of the movie. Um, I would say, though, I know we're not supposed to talk about the end yet, but the end really crystallized it for me.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: I would say the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes were really great. In the middle, I wasn't exactly sure where it was going or if I was on that journey with them. But uh, the end made me really think about it, and uh, it really has stayed Okay,
1: with well, we, we'll get to the end at some point. But general thoughts okay. on Bombax, like, New York, like yet another New York movie, um, and hipsters, and uh, the eight, you know, like being middle-aged in New York, a middle-aged midlife crisis, all that.
0: Um, yeah, well, I think Bombek is the perfect person to tell this story, um, having grown up in New York, in Brooklyn, before Brooklyn was Brooklyn. Um, and uh, and now I, I understand he's dating a young hipster. <laughs> <Wick>. <laughs> oh, and so he's oh, seeing a different New York. You're giving his... him a
1: lot of credit. Just Okay, I like that you said that he lived in brooklyn before brooklyn was brooklyn so that does give him some street cred i have a lot of trouble though like with his treatment of of the mythological brooklyn in okay um but no please yes he has been dating Greta Gerwig since like 2011 (laughs) um but we'll talk about we can talk about um their other movie together go ahead
0: and I, and I will also say that probably her Brooklyn is probably not the typical young hipster Brooklyn. She's not really, you know...
1: Greta? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say she's like I think every she's, woman. I think she's from L.A. She used to hang out with the DuPost I, brothers.
0: I think you're right. I love those two. So cute. Yeah, Especially yeah. Especially Jay. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, she was a
1: big mumblecore girl in, back in the day, so...
0: Right. So what she's saying, this is what the kids are doing do we really believe her is that
1: Greta Greta I don't know I mean we, we, we're we not doing a podcast on on <laughs> on Greta or on Francis Ha but actually the, I think these stories are really connected so we can talk about that mm-hmm. I I thought I was waiting for while we were young to be a lot more pretentious and like a lot more of a here's the movie about Brooklyn and I was mm. happy that it wasn't like it turned out to okay. be. It turned out to be more of a kind of a rom com, like a so a thought, you know, a little bit more, you know, a thoughtful Brooklyn romantic comedy slash coming of age slash um, you know midlife crisis. To me, this this movie just seemed like um, what a midlife crisis would be for privileged. Mm -hmm. White Brooklyn people who never had kids like usually the midlife crisis is when you've had your kids and you have your home And you have your life and you don't and you're stuck in it, and you're like oh god. How did I get here? I didn't do all those things. I wanted to do when I was younger, but this is more like the the privileged white Brooklyn middle-aged midlife crisis is yes I've done exactly what I wanted to do with my life in fact, I put mm-hmm. off having kids, and now what have I? You know, now I don't like where I'm at. You know, so it's mm-hmm. almost the other side of the coin to um, not doing what you, you always wanted to do. What happens when you do get to do exactly what you right. want to do because you're a self-involved, privileged, mm-hmm. um, you know, upper-middle-class white person in Brooklyn?
0: Right. Well, it's interesting because I've been reading a lot of interviews with Noah Baumbach, Mm -hmm. and he says that he wanted to make a a comedy about about marriage, not about so much about Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel that it was a comedy about marriage. I thought the most central relationship was between Jamie and uh, Josh. Josh, Yeah, definitely. Not Cornelia and Josh.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Naomi Watts' character, Cornelia, was not... um used super developed yeah she was not super she was like an under, underdeveloped character yeah think even darby was like a little more interesting because a little she, more because she was like funny and and like in like and just like she had some great lines whereas cornelia right, she just, did she, cornelia just seemed to be like the brooding loyal brooklyn wife who um you know, is okay that they missed their chance to have a baby. That was kind of like really kind of, I'm okay with missing my chance. There was kind of a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know. Pandering there to, 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 to the subject of whether to have a baby or not, they gloss over it, but then it's like a, not a big deal, but it's actually like a huge deal in people's lives and right. They don't he doesn't treat it like that. If especially if this is a movie about marriage, like they they never discussed that discussion. Did they have a discussion not to have a kid? We don't know.
0: Well, well, you do know because you know that they tried and he he pricked her in the ass a million times with the hormones and that she had the two miscarriages.
1: But they yes, we got the the details when he tells dad. But what about Cornelia and him? Like, what did they right? That's true. Did they ever talk about it and say was it? Because I want to know was it him saying it? We don't. wanna I don't want to do this anymore. Or was it her saying it? Like, who I, made that decision? Right. Yeah. If, if she made the decision, or they made it together, that would you know make it us understand them better as a couple. You know. And and actually give us sympathy for them in their situation.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, not to go back to the interview that I was reading when he said that he want, you know, what he was interested in is what would happen with the marriage or that's what and not the story about art and the the filmmaker, which to me was the stronger story, I'd say. But his thing was like, oh, I wanted to finish on, you know, the marriage and I feel like I didn't really care about the marriage. It wasn't really at stake. I didn't feel like there was actually a chance it was going to end. The only um, thing
1: I cared about was Josh's midlife crisis. Like, yes, that is the only thing I cared about in this movie. And 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 Jamie as a foil for him. You know,
0: mm-hmm. right? So they didn't. If they ended up together, didn't end up, didn't have a kid. That wasn't really the, the interesting part to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't as invested in them as a. As a couple. Maybe
0: in part because Cornelia was underdeveloped.
1: Yeah. 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 If we, if we, if, if we had opened with like him giving her the shots and then like having mm-hmm. a discussion about, all right, we're just not going to do this anymore. I love you. Let's just focus on our careers or something. We don't need a baby. And, you know, it's not our, our whole lives. Then we, w- it would be interesting. And then he meets Jamie. And then like it, it would give the whole thing a lot more oomph. But all we do is hear about it. And Mm -hmm. so this is, but this is cinema. We should, we should see the,
0: the, we should see those scenes. Yeah,
1: scenes. Um, speaking of opening image, yeah, the Blake center beach, um, we open with, um, an image of a happy baby and their parents, Mm -hmm. right? Um, actually, we don't open with that. We open with some dialogue from a play.
0: <laughs> right. The uh, What was it? Uh, who was it? Um,
1: I didn't write it down. I was, I was listening it would, it to... Was
0: it was Ibsen, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was Ibsen. Okay. But it, and it was about being young. Um, right. It was about being young and, and letting a young person into your life and that kind of thing. And, and how
0: it, that feel. Right, yeah. And how that's mm-hmm.
1: scary. This, this whole movie... Sp- has a feel of um being real you know someone and this is absolutely must be like Noah's experience but this movie has a real feeling of being like jealous of of mm-hmm. the younger generation and their their phones and the hipster like lifestyle like and I'm I'm not 44 but I'm like 38 and I don't have any of that jealousy maybe that's because i'm a new yorker but i'm a new yorker too so noah was too like i've hung and out in bushwick i've hung out with these people there you
0: haven't felt like you're missing out and they're i've so done some of
1: the stuff no i mean i've done some of the things but I, but I, I don't feel like that lifestyle has this romantic draw that he that he created like i it's like
0: interesting. I just had a thought. I'm like, is it a little like a, a Midnight in Paris kind of thing?
1: A little. It is fantastic. It's oh. a little fantastical. Like because you know it. Their the lifestyle is actually, you know, it's, you know, it's not a lot of money and uh, you always worried about money and shitty jobs and, and like shitty relationships. Like that's what that's what Brooklyn life is. It's a you know, it's like a much it's it's like a it's like a it's more poverty and mm-hmm. with with all the relationship ups and downs of an episode of girls you know like it's not as romantic and perfect as uh darby and, and jamie's lifestyle mm-hmm. but i guess maybe that's part of the story here is when you're going through a midlife crisis or whatever everything looks better
0: right and and also them finding themselves all of a sudden, without a place in the world. now their friends have babies. they don't they don't have room for them. All of a sudden they're outcasts in their own social class. so it's kind of like what now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's part so the opening image is an image of a baby and happy parents, but it's their friend's baby, right? right. And it matches with the closing image. Do you remember the final image of the movie?
0: I actually don't. I wish it's, it's I'd the, taken a note.
1: It, it's no, they're they're sitting there in the airport. Um, oh yeah, and they're going on their flight.
0: Uh, With a little kid and, and the cell a, phone. there's a
1: little kid, sort of a grown up baby, but he's on the cell phone and like you hear him send a text message and an email, and they're like, "Holy shit, what are we about to do?" Because they're going to adopt a child from the DR. Right. Which
0: I thought it was Haiti. No
1: um oh, that's right yeah not the dr it's port-au-prince right so yeah yeah mm. from haiti which is by what it's really i mean every ev- there there are a, f- a bunch of steps in this movie like story choices that just scream like white privilege <laughs> like so mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. and they're of course they're going to go adopt a, a, a little black baby a black baby <laughs> from from haiti that's how right, they're gonna right. solve their problems.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, so getting to the the Blake Snyder thing, I feel like yeah. the theme stated was that, ah, was that one. Of the yeah. That's stated? next. That's next. Oh yeah. Oh, can I do it or go are you for it. Do it? Go for it. Well, my take was that when they, I forget the actual line, but it's like, um, uh, well, we could do anything. We could go to Paris, you know, on a whim, um, but we don't. And maybe it's not about uh, actually doing it. It's about having the ability to do that. Do you remember that? Oh yeah,
1: he says that, right? That that sa- freedom,
0: that freedom to do it. Even you know, even though we're not doing all those cool things, that you know we could do, it's we can. And so I think that that was what was sort of and the rest of the movie is, is that enough?
1: Is it enough, right? And that's sort of the, the midlife crisis thing, or the or it's like the marriage th- thing.
0: Is it, yeah, is it just, you know, just the two of us, we could do whatever we want, maybe we're not doing it, but it's better than being, you know, slaves to some baby? Hmm. Or maybe it's not, I don't know. What What did you think the theme stated was?
1: I had a lot of trouble figuring out the one I liked the best. Um, because, like I said, the, the story I liked the most about this was the Josh's... Um, midlife crisis, right? Um, and mm-hmm. Jamie is the foil, so I really liked it when Jamie asked Josh, and this is much later. It's usually theme stated is in the f- really early, but later on, um, Jamie asks, he says, "Josh, are you success oriented?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No," and Cornelia's like, "Totally." <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I thought that was that was actually a really important point in the film like I think the film gets a lot of that about one of the reasons that you have you are single or you're married in New York City without a baby and both pursuing careers is like because you're 100% successful and you're not thinking about family you're not thinking about um larger things um and to not being able to acknowledge that you're super success-oriented is one of the problems we have as New Yorkers. Did you feel that when you lived here? You're... You're a I was a very New unsuccessful.
0: Very <laughs> unsuccessful. <laughs> if I was success oriented, that would be a problem. <laughs> no, but I mean, people trade success, theoretical success for money, you know, like prestige, like the prestige economy, where you're, oh, I'm a documentarian. I may not have a cent to my name, but I'm, right. I'm doing something important.
1: Right. Documentaries, like, is a really good metaphor because I'm a big documentary. Fan and I have a lot of documentary film friends, but it's it's so not a career, right? Right. You, so you're only
0: doing it for the prestige. You can't it?
1: make money on it. You need to be doing other things. And and, and J- he's
0: privileged and he doesn't have to.
1: Yeah, he's so- clearly. <laughs> Josh is working on one doc for ten years. It's a total mess. That is like the cliche, you know? Right. And 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 Jamie is actually. His, the way he approaches documentary is a lot more successful um, you know he goes right at it remember that there was that moment where he's like you're, you're already cutting footage <laughs> he's right like,
0: right like that I have five more years before I can do that right
1: like, right but that's that's really I, I mean that's how you know that's the kind of go getter you have to be to be a successful filmmaker and I think that's that happens later in the movie when the father the Leslie Breitbart Right uh, <laughs> um uh what actually says that to Cornelia, like yeah, Josh doesn't have like the uh, I forget the word he use, but basically did, th- he isn't ambitious enough for this business, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want it bad enough, and Jamie totally does, he's super ambitious, mm-hmm. um and then. Leslie doesn't have a big problem with how we're jumping to the end, but like,
0: I know that's the thing. The end is the movie for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's like. (laughs) All right,
0: we'll
1: get we'll get to the movie. We'll get to that. So let let me see. Let's start. I like Josh. Are you success oriented? No, totally for my theme, but I like your theme too because that's that's about the marriage, right? And the the whole the whole second act of this film is them acting out the freedoms that they say they never used, which is cool. Um catalyst i think it's pretty much when josh meets jamie at, at his continuing ed documentary class mm-hmm. that's so funny that he's like a part-time professor because that's exactly what i do it's pretty it's, right it's like a, <laughs> this
0: is you yeah it's like oh yeah
1: this, this is my future my future of happiness i'm six years away from being <laughs> in a midlife crisis because i got the life that i wanted um so, um, that's pretty much the inciting incident or catalyst. I think, um, does that sound right? For sure. To you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's some debate, um, there's some debate where they talk about whether to hang out with them or not. What's their first m- mission together? Do they go, are they go out, they go out for dinner. Uh,
0: yeah, they go out for dinner. Is that when they have the issue with the marzipan?
1: That w- yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you see this world that Jamie the the world that they want you to see of like they're just so interesting with their ice cream and they don't use the internet and they yeah. play board games. D- Darby's
1: always on her phone. They do. They, they're like, hey, you want to do the the D train walkthrough? Um, they're
0: always coming to exciting events and. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you know they, you know. The thing I'm thinking during this is, um, this is what people in their twenties in New York do. They do all sorts of fun Mm -hmm. shit all the time because they're trying to figure out what the hell they want to do with their life. And so Mm. for Josh and Cornelia to be like, "Oh, I want to do this stuff," it makes me think they haven't been in New York for a while. Like, what did they do in New York in their twenties? Like, Hmm. I don't, I don't see why they you know i'm 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 over this stuff because i I'm thirty eight and I've done a lot of it, right? And yeah, it, maybe it's new people and it's new neighborhoods, but it's still the same kind of thing, right? Whereas well, what were they yeah. doing? Did, did they never have a life? We don't know. We didn't find out what their early marriage was like or if they got married late or whatnot
0: they yeah, I believe they did get married late. Um, but yeah, but one thing that that made me think of. This, you know, this movie, New York, that like the Nora Ephron, uh, Woody Allen, New York, where yes, everyone yes. just goes intellectual dinner parties and every, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and, feel like and, they and were so representing
1: beautiful hipster parties. All the parties I've been to in Bushwick are, are in a fucking basement. Like they're just, you know, there's it's not pretty. You know?
0: Right, no, but but that other life. Did you ever go to those intellectual dinner parties where everyone's talking about the New Yorker? That's what I I got the sense that that had been their younger life. But uh, I never went to those parties. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to. I really wanted to, but I've been to know? one or
1: two, but I I, I definitely crashed them. Yeah. <laughs> so so, oh, so you're saying it's like a class thing? It's like.
0: Or, or or a changing New York thing, maybe. Changing
1: New York, okay. Or but if their but York their friends their friends later on throw like a bang in dinner party at their house, Remember right? Her? Which
0: was yeah, w- that was weird. That was very weird.
1: It, what did you think of that scene? It was it was just there to show that their that that sea story of their friend friendship had gone to shit. It was like the beginning of the all is lost, but.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was just interesting, though, because the way that the friends were acting, like, we're mature now, and then they were throwing this fun party, and they got rid of the kid and stuff like that. It was like, yeah, if I were them, I'd be happy to be back with these friends now, you know?
1: But the friends didn't want them.
0: The friends didn't want them, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. they
1: treated them like shit, which is kind of a hipster thing to do, is, like, to, like, (laughs) get rid of a couple Mm -hmm. of your friends, just write them off.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, what do you call it? So, what else? Where All right, are we? fun
1: and ga- basically. Oh, the B story. The funny. The B story. Sure. Um, this is a sharp one, but to me, the B story is actually Jamie's documentary.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: I think because uh, a good B story crosses in the midpoint and then crosses again for the third act, and the thing that really kicks the movie off at the midpoint is they start working on Jamie's doc together and the mm-hmm. relationships and shit. So, and
0: that's when everything switches, really. Yeah, that's, that's when it right, switches. Yeah. The,
1: the, 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 there's escalation there. So to me the B story was when Jamie tells Josh about his Facebook project. Um, and then Josh is like, oh, you might need a little more than that. Did, did Jamie have like the idea at that point? do you think the, the whole idea?
0: Oh, Jamie plotted it from the beginning. Yeah, I think. Okay,
1: from the very beginning.
0: He went to that. Yeah, it was a complete.
1: This is a, this is a lot like uh, uh, Catfish, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. And you know what line I really liked was when, um, and I didn't understand it at the time, it was afterwards, when uh, she said, when Darby said, uh, you know, a hitchhiker will pick up a couple. And not a single person. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm that couple that made like. So if Jamie didn't have her and he just went up to uh, Josh, he might come off as weird. But by being like, oh, I'm married. I'm legit.
1: And he could. You know, they I, couldn't have done all those hangouts together
0: without. Yeah, it would have been like, what is this weird young twenty something doing like? But he I mean, Jamie.
1: Jamie a really interesting character, and you got to give Adam mm-hmm. Driver so much credit for, for.
0: He was so Adam, though, wasn't he? he no, was I Adam. think
1: I think he was not Adam. I th- that's you what think? I was gonna say. You got to give him credit for having some range. I was gonna say he's doing a totally uh, different type of hipster. I thought he was a totally.
0: I, I don't know. No, I don't know. tell me what he
1: did that was Adam esque.
0: I mean, he well, Adam his from move, girls. His movements was psychotic. I mean, that, they were weird as fuck. Um, but his physical like movement. A, His physical movements. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah,
1: he was a little, he was was very smooth. Yeah, he had some physicality to him that wasn't Adam. Adam is like uh, an orangutan.
0: Yeah, it was, I don't know. I felt that he was very, he was still being Adam in some ways, but I don't know. I think you're biased.
1: I thought he did a great job of not being Adam. And he Mm. spoke differently. He had a different accent. Like... Uh, yeah. I thought he did a good job of that, and he, um, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, you know, he doesn't uh, sexually assault his girlfriend, in this. No,
0: it's true. He didn't give a shit. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, fuck you. I don't care. Um, <laughs> where are we? Okay, where are we? in So the fun we're and games? fun
1: and games. Basically, the okay. fun and games is them doing all the hipster stuff, getting to know Jamie and Darby um the super uh, i have jamie asks ben to come visit him they leave on bikes uh if any of this kicks off ideas you just go with it um
0: wait jamie ben Who? oh ben uh, ben josh yeah Ben.
1: sorry i didn't have his name this early in the notes um oh jamie has that record collection right
0: right and all the things that we threw away there yeah
1: jamie has and uh, darby has kittens right Mm Um, uh, they watched some of Jamie's earlier documentaries. They have a super hipster apartment and Josh is enamored with their young lives. Um,
0: can I tell you, this to me was the most boring part. Yeah. I was like, where is this going? You know, I don't care.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was them. It was the fun and games of, you know, for, People who don't live in New York get to see what is you know how awesome Brooklyn is, right? Did did it make yeah, you miss maybe Did it make you miss New I'm York?
0: Like, eh. uh, yes, but I didn't. You know, I lived in Brooklyn from two thousand five to well, I was gonna say 3000, 2000, <laughs> 2013, I guess. It seemed like and a
1: thousand years.
0: It did. I didn't. I didn't know anyone like that. I didn't. You know, I. I'm sure they were there. Maybe I'm a little too old, but I just felt like I it didn't, I guess it was there. It's just, that's everything I hated. And that's what drove me out of New York. It just hated You left
1: at, because you couldn't stand the bush of wick.
0: Yeah. Like I, <laughs> uh, I moved to Brooklyn because it was cheap. You yeah, know, yeah. I didn't move. So to does Brooklyn everyone. It was, yeah. Well, no, but now it's like this Brooklyn, you know, it's, I I don't know. I I moved there when everyone I knew was moving to Murray Hill, and I was doing something different because I didn't have the money. Yeah. And now this I don't know. It just made me sick.
1: But you've been to bars and stuff out there.
0: <laughs> I, I yes, indeed, I've been to bars. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the whole ice cream maker person and you know I. I didn't really, it's just, I hate it all. Yeah. So maybe that's why I was bored by that part. I'm like, oh God.
1: Yeah. Fuck. But some people like <laughs> romanticize it. I mean, the hipster thing is, is like kind of over and. Is it? It's, 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 it's evolved. I think it's, I think it's really like something you do for like five years. You move to New York, you'd be cool you realize you can't live here on no money and no real job, and then you move away, or you get you move to Portland or some shit like that. Um, right. I love. I love. At one point, though, Josh describes um, the fact that he loves Goonies and Citizen Kane. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. You know, he
1: doesn't see any difference between them.
0: <laughs> right. The high and the low culture. It's high like, and the low it's okay. culture. I think they were kind of saying that his generation, they felt the Xers, you couldn't, you you had to choose, you had to be one thing or the other, and that because it's all nostalgia for these young hipsters, it, it could all have equal weight.
1: Right, the whole thing with the, with the, 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 uh, the ice cream cake, was it, what is it called, uh, the, the Carvel ice cream cake?
0: Uh-huh. Well, the, uh. Wait, the.
1: He was saying, that's my cake. What, what's the name of the character on the Carvel cake?
0: I don't know. What? I missed that part. You missed it? But he kept talking about it. You, you didn't have Carvel commercials? I I, I hate I hate Carvel. <laughs> okay. We're um, <laughs> so, tapping into things I hate. There's a lot coming
1: well, out of this podcast. Oh,
0: I so, know a lot. This yeah, is my but therapy I, session. I, this li-
1: week. I like the idea. I like the idea. I mean, that is actually a comment on the millennials, right? Like, this is the, yes. which, the millennial. Uh, Whoever
0: you are, hipster not hipster, whatever you are. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Being You're really all the same shit. And then Ben gets pissed at the end when he's like you can't just steal stuff. Like you have to give credit and he's like no, if I hear it it's mine and I can remix it and do right. whatever I want with it. And that's yeah. a, that's part of the 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 confidence of the millennial generation of yeah, it's all nostalgia. Things from the 80s are nostalgia. Um,
0: They're equal in weight to yeah something from the fifties, you know.
1: Which is, I think it's a strength of the generation. I mean, actually, I'm I, I teach 20, 20 year olds uh, undergraduates, and they, and they have an enormous confidence. Is this you know one of the most important things in the world and in life is how, having co- the confidence to go out and do shit. And that's that's why Jamie. That's Jamie. That's why Jamie yeah. finishes his documentary. Before the movie's over, and it takes right, Josh right. 10 years, and why Josh doesn't have the, the killer instinct. He doesn't have that confidence that Jamie has. Yeah, Jamie kind of bullshitted his way through this first doc, but who knows? Maybe he'll be more honest in the future, or maybe not. Maybe it doesn't matter, but um, I mean, at Look. the end... I guess we can start. Are we at about the it. end
0: yet? Because I have a lot. I
1: know you want to it. say about the end. Let's, let's <laughs> let me just be, jump through. through. So the fun and games, and the midpoint. We'll get to the end because we're getting to the point where we need to talk about it. C- anyway. Can we
0: talk about the Hiawatha? Another part I did not really enjoy. That's the
1: midpoint for me. Okay. Yeah, That's the midpoint. Yeah. Okay. So did you like that? Um, it was retarded.
0: Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's so boring. To was that a we, is
1: that a thing? Like, I didn't even know. If, I, oh, it's Ayahuasca. Totally a thing. I, ayahuasca. You've, you've, was, you've yeah. heard it, you've seen it, oh, you've yeah. done it.
0: People go, yeah, uh, no, I haven't done it, but people go to Peru. I've never heard of anyone doing it here, but they go to Peru and they come back and they've, they've changed. They've, yeah. It's what is it? Thing.
1: It's, is it pe- it's some, peyote with weird, puking?
0: Yeah. It's some, it's some natural drug, um, that the kids are all into. Um, and you have a shaman, whatever, but I mean, how boring is it to watch someone else do a drug?
1: I really, my favorite part was where he's hanging off the wall. Josh is hanging off the wall and he's he's like, maybe don't flirt with the shaman. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That
1: That was great. That was like my one. The highlight of that. That was my one laugh out loud moment in the whole movie. I wrote it down in my notes. It was the first time I laughed out loud at this movie. Because this movie's comedy isn't like hard jokes.
0: Um, It's it's kind of Woody Allen light That's something I want to talk to you about Because I've read a lot of reviews When they're like it's such a funny movie And for me the funniest part And I really thought it was hilarious Was the interview with the um, With the hedge fund guy
1: That was funny yeah
0: hilarious right like when he's just like wait your movie is 100 hours <laughs> and like all this shit and you're just all of a sudden seeing because you've been looking at things through through josh's eyes and be and giving him credit and then seeing like it's ridiculous you know
1: wait it's like a black shawshank but real
0: yes <laughs> what
1: <laughs> that's what the that hedge fund guys exactly
0: <laughs> totally what you said he's boring um,
1: it's a linear film it's boring but it,
0: right, right when he tells him he's like it's boring it's boring <laughs> like, I can't believe he said it's 100 that it's a hundred hours remember, yeah. ja-
1: remember Jamie's giving him advice like you gotta go in and pitch this guy you could do it he's like it's boring uh, it's a linear film but I feel like it's it's, a hundred it's like hours. hypertext it's about America and you're like oh this guy's just <laughs> disaster <laughs> and oh, as
0: when it, <laughs> and when he says oh guess how many black people are in are in prison or what percentage he's like I don't know 60 <laughs> percent
1: he's like Jesus no
0: <laughs> that was my favorite part and that's for me like classic Ben Stiller hilarity saying the wrong thing yeah I don't know that really sang that was um, a
1: good that was some good funny but there most of the movie was uh a lot yeah, more it wasn't ha was, ha it wasn't ha-ha funny okay it was so,
0: lol, it was haha not lol back yeah not lol <laughs> no lol. Well.
1: Show. Um, I wrote down for the fun and games people in their 20s try stuff people in their 40s do stuff
0: mmm but was that true
1: I mean I feel like it was
0: almost the opposite
1: yeah I mean that's the problem with with Josh's characters he's he got stuck I he's know so I, yeah. I know so many filmmakers who spent three years four years on one script, or on one short film. And a lot of artists, especially filmmakers, get stuck that way. They don't move on yeah. from a single project. And the key to becoming a great writer or becoming a great filmmaker is doing lots and lots of little projects, completing a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. And it has and it, and it requires a certain kind of ambition, which um, Jamie has and Joss doesn't. Um, Well,
0: and they talk about that, like the, well, why didn't we have kids or go anywhere or do anything? It was all like this holding ground in some ways. She says it's because you
1: haven't finished your doc. Like if that, that's why I had trouble not understanding the decision not to have the kids. Did he at some point? Like (laughs) really? Yeah. Yeah. You guys chose not to have kids for this one documentary.
0: For this stupid, boring. 100 if, if, hour if it, Even if it was even if
1: it was a huge successful documentary, it still makes zero money for you. You become right. you know not you're not you're it's not going to be a march of the penguins and rake in 70 million dollars one weekend. So uh oh ben mentions a fear of death can we just address the the woody allen in the room please
0: oh yeah we can we can totally um you know one interesting thing is that now they're both doing the same thing actually uh ben and noah uh did you see greenberg Uh, greenberg
1: i did see greenberg did you like it i thought it was an la version of this movie
0: i i really liked it i thought it was actually funnier but maybe I'm more fucked up, but um the, so now he's kind of doing the same thing with the older man younger woman thing mm-hmm. it's always an old a, a curmudgeon meeting someone younger oh very means. woody
1: Allen of him
0: yeah right well I mean, Greta
1: Greta's 25, right and and I mean, no, she's probably no, older than that now was yeah, but... 43 44 no, mm-hmm. no, no I looked at her up I, th- I think I, I think she's. Like a she can't t- a be 25. 26 ish. Yeah, there's 20 years difference anyway.
0: Okay, 20 years. So, right, so he's totally following in the uh, in the Woody Allen footsteps with that.
1: Except that, you know, she's not 18. She's not Marielle <laughs> and, Hemingway. And, and, and
0: she's not the daughter of his girlfriend or yeah, you
1: know, yeah. <laughs> any so, of that. But um, it's the
0: same thing. I, I was a talking about bit. in terms
1: of the, the type of comedy. Right, Ben. Okay. Ben. Talk ben about talks it. about you know he has a fear of death, right? Classic, mm-hmm. Jewy fear fear of death, right? Noel yeah. Bomback mm-hmm. is half Jewish, right?
0: Yep, and have you seen the Squid and the Whale?
1: I have. Great film. Still... And
0: so that is his autobiography.
1: Yeah, still, still his best film, by the way.
0: You you think? Yeah, you think, huh?
1: absolutely. I mean because it's. It has funny moments but it has serious moments. It's it has so much um I think I'm not the only person who said this being like from a divorced family, it's like the mm-hmm. most real film about divorce I've seen. The one that okay. that captures the feel of it, of what it's like to be in a family that goes through that. Um and the fact that that movie took place in Brooklyn and and um was all over the places or my family grew up. And I I, con- I connected a lot with Noah Bombad because I'm half Jewish, too. And he seemed like exactly the kind of New York filmmaker that I would want to be. And he was a departure from Woody Allen because I don't think Woody Allen's films represent new york anymore i think they represent the old new york and as a new york filmmaker myself i think you know i'm looking for new voices to represent the city Um, which Mm -hmm. is why i wanted to do this movie and why i wanted to talk about it with you because i think it's like i'm not sure if noah baumbach is really taking on the the size of a films that he could be To be talking about New York. I kept thinking this is going to be a New York story. This is going to be so New York. And it's more about midlife crisis. And it takes place in New York. Um,
0: I mean, Francis Ha to me felt more New York.
1: Yeah, in what way?
0: It felt like a love letter to New York in some ways, and it was a, you know, an, a friendship movie, not a, a romance, really. It was about two women and their love as being 20s in, in New York. Yeah, right?
1: that, that was, I, to me, Frances Ha seemed like Greta Gerwig, who was dating Noah at the time, said, hey, I want to direct mm. a movie um and he's like oh I'll, I'll direct it for you you just okay
0: you write it yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so i think like that was her movie i don't even see that as a bomb movie i think that is a greta, well, greta gerwig movie with bomb you know at the reins because it, it, it me, was a beautiful story and that's totally you know about two women and and that's totally not in noah's uh wheelhouse, wheelhouse. yeah
0: but I, I felt that the way that she depicted young Brooklyn felt more real to me than than the In Jay what way, Monday. like do you
1: any detail?
0: Any details about that? Um Uh well, like the roommate thing and the you know, going back and forth, living with your best friend, or you're gonna live with strangers, like well, I mean I've had a lot of roommates, so yeah, and go, that resonated
1: awesome, yeah. And then huh. like going back to the college, right?
0: Right, hoping maybe this is it, I'll go back to college, and I'll find myself, and then just feeling like a big loser. Um, You know, remember she went on that date-ish thing, and she fell on her way out? Yeah, yeah. That, you know, those New York moments that you can just go from, like, good to bad so quickly, you know, like,
1: major... Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that about that movie, which is why I don't even. It felt a lot more like Greta's movie because she was the co writer on the, that movie. Yeah. So I feel like she wrote most of it, and that was her film, and Noah just, and he just directed, directed it for it. her. Yeah. Um,
0: and he, I mean, people compare it to Woody Allen, but they said it was based on the uh, French something, some French thing I don't know about, hmm. some French cinema. <laughs> Verite, I don't know, <laughs> I'm throwing shit out here. Because they why? Because
1: <laughs> it was in black and white. They were like, "Oh, it's French. It's, <laughs> it's so French. it must be <laughs> Truffaut." Now I, I think I, maybe it was Truffaut. Yeah, maybe that Yeah, I like was I like dude. I liked Francis Ha a lot, um, and I think it had a, an emotional center that was deeper than While we We're Young, um, and and, it, and I I don't think it had to, I think it had to do with pure story in the character and that was a definite coming of age film for a young woman in her 20s and this is a coming of age film for a guy in his 40s
0: dating a girl in her 20s and yeah and and maybe that interestingly enough I'm gonna get philosophical he thought he was making a movie about the marriage but and like I said, that I thought the most interesting relationship was between him and and Jamie, and maybe it was, even though he didn't want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't write a movie about a forty something marriage because he's not in one. Yeah. So his, I don't know, just throwing. Yeah, it out that's there. interesting. Po- that's
1: an interesting point because yeah, he's not. I don't know if Bombeck was ever married. Was he?
0: He was. Yeah, he was married to Jennifer Jason Lee.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And
0: they, have a, and they do have a kid together. Right.
1: Okay, so there's so, some of that.
0: But he's trying to imagine what it would be like if he was married to a 40-something, but he doesn't know.
1: Interesting. Well, when he was married uh, to Jennifer Jason Lee, she I think she was his age or something.
0: Yeah, she was. Yeah. So, so maybe, so maybe
1: she, they went through that sort of scenario together. Maybe that's part of his... I love it when he uh, Naomi and Ben Stiller are doing hip hop together. <laughs> <laughs> that was precious. That was like perfect because, you know, that just as actors they had fun doing that. Um, I'm sure. Then we get to the ayahuasca, Everything goes to crazy. Um, I like when the, the girl turns to him and she says to J- to Josh, "It's good to have a focus."
0: because that was a
1: really good line because that guy it's
0: like his big problem that is his huge problem
1: and she's like otherwise you're gonna see like egyptian stuff and that's all he sees is like egyptian stuff um then they 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 have puking they do puking and have visions um that great line, maybe don't flirt with the shaman. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, that was good. And then there, it's just the ending the first half of the movie, lamenting their old romance mm-hmm. and the young energy, uh, and Jamie kisses Naomi. Oops.
0: Right, or Naomi, Naomi uh, kisses so sorry, Jamie. Or
1: C- Cornelia kisses him back. Yeah, yeah right, yeah.
0: right, yeah. Well, yeah, doesn't she? Right, and then he uses it as... Oh, um, man, that's,
1: that, that's how we know he was such a, a, a true douche later. Midpoint is... The, Hiawatha, the ayahuasca thing everybody's puking um and josh oh before that jamie asks josh for josh's help on the dock and J- josh turns him down he says no nah, it's your mm-hmm. thing man um then uh at the midpoint at the ayahuasca thing, Josh agrees to help him, and that's where the movie, the B story, comes in and kicks the the bad guys close in um, off. Uh, basically, the bad guys close in is the ter- deterioration of the relationships while working on Jamie's documentary together.
0: Right. Now, yeah, I mean, and they defend it later, or when when he says. Oh, he asked you to be co director, but he knew I wouldn't but he knew I wouldn't accept. And I was kinda like, Well, how would he know that? Like,
1: Yeah, that's I mean, not maybe... true. That's not true. He could help. He was he was look, he was trying to get everybody on board his doc he could. He that, that's just his his thing. He was asking for help from everybody. And and that's part of part of being ambitious is, you know, you you try to get everybody on board your project. And you try not to make them feel like you're using them. But this guy, Jamie, definitely, in the end, was using everybody. So.
0: What did you think when you first saw um, at the restaurant when the dad, what was his name, Lindsay uh, mm-hmm. Kelly, whatever. Uh, Lindsay. When uh, when ja- Charles, Jamie, Grodin. <laughs> Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. <Great>, really <laughs> well
1: performance. Great performance.
0: When when Jamie pretended that uh, he was going to go to the bathroom and went to sit and went to talk to him, did you suspect what was going to happen? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. As soon as he said, "I'm going to hang back," he's like, "Yeah, he's definitely going to go talk to him. He's going to work it. He's been working him the whole time." I don't have a problem with the way Jamie was. Mm. Okay.
0: Well, that's going to be an issue when we talk about the end. Cornelia
1: says it at the (laughs) end. I think he's an asshole, but he made a great movie. And I think that's what Le- Leslie, her, her dad was saying, Lindsay, whatever his name is, um, is that you need to be a bit of an asshole to be successful in this business. And he and Lindsay and, and the dad was like that. He's like, yeah, maybe I wasn't home a lot. I think I was kind of a jerk. I wasn't the best dad to you, but that's why he's like this great documentary filmmaker. Um, it's a choice. You make a choice. You want to be really amazing at something. Um, you have to be a little bit of a douche.
0: And I think that that was, again, where I think the strongest parts of this movie was looking at the artist and the successful artist and like the two, you know, the unsuccessful artist who was a decent husband.
1: And he was a, and he was a purist about the art that hit, and, yeah. he, he wasn't going to fake any of the documentary stuff, which, which, right, which even which, if
0: it means 700 more hours of shooting. Yeah, we'll reshoot yeah. that. We'll
1: <laughs> reshoot that part. That was a great scene right. when they shoot. They show the the footage of ten years ago footage and right. last week right. footage, right. and right. are and ages before our eyes. That's,
0: that's why you gotta finish
1: your project in in, 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 a, reasonable in a reasonable amount, amount of time. time. Um,
0: Unless you're doing Boyhood,
1: right? Um, right. After tripping, but- Josh and Naomi, Naomi <laughs> Josh and Cornelia talk about babies. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they go to Connecticut. Oh, they have the Cookie O' Puss thing. That was the other nostalgia thing. The Cookie Puss was, was this Carvel ice cream cake.
0: That was it. Oh, yeah. I, it didn't mean anything to me. I hate ice oh, cause cream. Oh, because
1: you're cake. too young. Oh. While wow, you're <laughs> <were> I... young. <laughs> Apparently, the Cookie Puss thing was an actual commercial on TV that Josh and he was names
0: just, his band that and he names something. his band
1: yeah. that he's like you don't own that that was mine and you just named your band that
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I guess that's just so I'm getting old, you know. Mm-hmm. And they say it at the right. end, they say it at the end too. He's like, oh, you're that's that sounds like old man stuff. Yeah. Right. And and you know what? It, to me that's on the nose for this movie. That's what this movie's about. It's about becoming mm. an old man. So you don't you don't need to tell us. Yeah, we get it. There like a great metaphorical version of that is earlier I think when they are high Josh says to him before we met the only two feelings I had were wistful and disdainful. Mhm. And that's like, yeah, I'm privileged, 40-something New Yorker. I got everything right. I want. I don't have any real big problems in my life. So I'm, but I'm not happy. I'm, and- I'm disdainful. Yeah. And in my best moments, I'm wistful. At least I have freedom, right? So um, then Jamie starts shooting his doc, and they meet his friend Kent. And they go to the hospital, and Kent was suicidal in an institution, and he was in the Iraq War. Um, and...
0: and he discovers it on Google And it's like this cute little thing That Adam never, or whatever J- Jamie never looked it up And all this, all the planting of the seed
1: Yeah, um, and the, the whole thing I mean, you know that you, You've seen the, the the whole Catfish documentary, right?
0: Uh, No, but I know about it Oh, okay
1: Well, it's it's a similar thing where there, Something dis- is discovered uh, You have to see that I can't believe you haven't seen that so I know, it's sick. They, they discover something. Um, they use Facebook to discover a... Um, to create a relationship, and then it's not all that it turns out to be. Um, but the documentary itself, it seems like they're coming upon... the filmmakers were coming upon the, the things that are so outrageous in their film... As we watch them.
0: Right. And it's all bullshit.
1: I don't think it's all bullshit. But for the most part, I think they you know, they knew more than they let on in the film. In the film. So that the narrator is They're not recreat- being completely yeah. honest. And is that pure documentary or not? You know, that's for, that's for purists like Josh to bitch about. It's still made for an interesting movie. Documentaries are not journalism. Like I, my, my idea is that documentaries are, are editorial. They're, they're they're films that have a perspective. So. And
0: Josh says that in his lesson.
1: Mm -hmm. What does he say? He says,
0: he says exactly that. It's not objective. It's, it's about you. It's about your story. And then Cornelia says that mirrors that in the end. She's like, it was him. It was his story. It wasn't, it wasn't about the truth. Right. Do you remember that?
1: yeah and then Lindsay says it in his in his uh, speech too he says he documentary he, he quotes somebody who says uh, documentaries are supposed not supposed to be about me they're supposed to be about the subject or something like that and he, and he disagrees he says no documentaries should be about me and this is I think you know it's it's part of being a documentary filmmaker is you're putting your opinion on a set of events. It's not journalism. Um, and, and I think part of Josh's problem is that he, he's, he's looking for the truth when the truth there's, the truth is not a real thing. And they, and Lindsay says something to that effect also, there, there is no truth. There's just your perception of the truth. Your perception.
0: it's true but i mean if if we're gonna get into it if we're gonna get into the end i think we feel different all right let me get you there let me let me let me let me get
1: us there because we only have a couple more minutes they end up going to the hospital kent was suicidal all the the, this story unfolds uh josh is so jealous because it's like i can't believe this idiotic facebook thing paid off and mine's a mess right um
0: my 10 years of
1: and, and, and also, the cookie-o-push was my commercial. I experienced it. <laughs> um, right. Jamie's cutting footage already. He's playing Eye of the Tiger <laughs> for Josh when he goes to the hedge fund guy. And the hedge fund deuce is kind of funny. Um, your your funniest laugh out loud moment. My favorite moment, um, yeah. It's about America. Um,
0: <laughs> it's about America. But then they have the all is lost.
1: We finally get to the low point where they have the falling out between um cornelia and josh right
0: yeah do we care
1: a little not so much what was the argument about in the end why
0: (laughs) i it's a. I mean i know that that's when jamie jamie ends up blackmailing her that's after right right why does ben why does ben
1: stay out all night is that when he
0: finds out the cheat that they kiss. That they kiss, right? From
1: from who? From from
0: the girl from right, Darby. Darby, right? Oh, he's starting. Right.
1: I think this is actually this kind of conflates the third act a little, but he starts to find out that Jamie lied about shit, and mm-hmm. he even oh
0: the cancer the cancer.
1: Right. He finds out that the, the wait
0: his mom his mom had cancer. Your right, mom had cancer.
1: Right. He starts to find out that the the cancer was not Jamie's. Actually, the the first um. The first uh, sign that Jamie is not the pure independent film documentarian, period, is that he puts himself in the movie. Great document. Most documentary filmmakers don't want to be in the film. In
0: the right, except for Michael Moore.
1: <laughs> right, right, It's a different. Uh, it's a different kind of documentary. But so, but then the, then the thing with the ice cream, he finds out that. Um, Darby, he was eating
0: the yeah. Darby yep, had yep, yep.
1: The, Darby's ice cream was there during the was interview. There. So we start. are starting to get this new information. Usually that starts before the break in of three. That's like Dark Knight of the Soul stuff. Um, we might be conflating the the timeline here. Um, I thought
0: it was a little. It was a little uh, Deus Ex Machina or not believable that the guy, the Iraq veteran, told him everything. It was a little See, or it was a little so, like old it's mystery. It's actually
1: so that's the third act, right? When Kent, when when Josh goes to try to expose Jamie. And it's And he's
0: like, yeah. It's like what is this is
1: a fucking mystery movie? This is like a thriller now. He's going to go get all the information. Um, how'd you find Oh, so oh, before we move on from my one of my other <laughs> moments that I really liked at The All Is Lost is the breakup where Jamie and Darby hang out with Ben and his wife. Um, oh, this is... No, that's fast forward. Excuse me. It's when it's when um, Jamie starts... is hanging out with Cornelia. Um, and Cornelia said that Josh didn't come home. He asks her father to join the project. She finds out he didn't know her father when he went to Josh's class. Or he did know that They were together, that his father was, you know, a connection to Josh.
0: Which Josh, didn't he say something about that and no one believed him? It seemed like so egotistical when he said that.
1: It was was about seeing Josh's first film...
0: Yeah, and or and like, what if he made up this whole thing just to get to you? And it was like, okay, come on, you egomaniac, what are you crazy?
1: Right, but it was a little bit true. Um, it
0: was yeah, it was pretty much totally true.
1: Yeah, um, and then he threatens her, is saying, "I could, I'll tell him about the kiss." Right. Which is ter- that that shows us Jamie's like this is the this is like Dark Knight of the Soul or all his lost stuff. That shows us Jamie is like a real antagonist here. Um, Did you
0: feel that he was too villainous? No. Nah, not... No, okay. No, nah,
1: I liked it. I liked it.
0: <laughs> you liked
1: it. Because he's a nice guy throughout the whole movie, and he and Josh admired him, and then we find out, no, he's, he's a douche, and he's going to drop Darby, right? And mm-hmm. their marriage isn't the kind of marriage that Josh and Cornelia had, which, despite us not knowing a ton about it, is they've been through stuff together.
0: Yeah, Whereas, needles in her ass. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. So Jamie and uh, Darby are, you know, it was just like a practice marriage or some shit. Very... And he
0: was using, yeah, he was using her too so that he could be not the hitchhiker. Yeah,
1: and she was working on this project. She didn't really have a job. So um, then, jo- break a three, Josh goes to expose Jamie. That's basically the break a three. Um, right. And he visits Kent. He goes to Kent's house. <laughs> and he's okay. He's doing magic, uh, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, it's always just
0: like, oh yeah. We don't we,
1: we don't care so much about this, do we? I mean, um, um, the real finale uh, we get the, the finale is when Josh confronts Jamie with Leslie Breitbart giving the speech, um, um with some cool '80s retro music, a la Bushwick. um, mm-hmm. and this is the ending. You wanted to talk about the ending.
0: Yes. Uh, would you consider that the climax, the, um, the confrontation? I think so. Yeah, okay.
1: What do you, Talk about um, the climax.
0: Yeah, the climax when you're like, yeah, you're seeing him confront it. And then when it's just turned on your its ass because he's like, you're, I, I was with Ben. I was with Josh on that whole thing. Like, fuck you. You lied and whatever. And then when you see sort of how silly it looks when they talk to Leslie or Lindsay or whatever. And it's like, he lied and he's like, I may have played with the timeline a little. Yeah. And he kept saying that and Josh is so annoyed and you're like, Oh yeah. I I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: I, 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 I thought that I thought that it was great because it, it, it did show that Josh was too much of a purist. Did you? Yeah. I thought it, it showed he he, he was – I mean, it, the same reason his documentary is not finished after 10 years is the problems he has with this guy's approach to documentary filmmaking. The guy is uh, a manipulator. The guy is a jerk. Um He's, like Cornelius said, he's an asshole, but it's a pretty good movie. And then Leslie doesn't even have a problem with it. Leslie, who's like this great documentary filmmaker, he's like, well, it, it works on a lot of other levels. It's not just about the coincidence. And the fact that Josh can't see that is because he's so obsessed with certain set of things. He's obsessed with purity. He's obsessed with being OCD and footage. and Like talking about the 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 scope of his own documentary being far too big just shows like he's he's a guy who can't see who's obsessed with truth when there is no such thing as truth there's a ton of gray area in life period and jamie is he a bad guy it's a little bit gray um
0: It's it's interesting because I I feel that um, Leslie or Lindsay whatever his fucking name is he is (laughs) Charles Grodin (laughs) Charles Grodin is the old version of Josh and that's why he likes him they're two of the same kind of
1: Jamie you mean
0: of of Jamie of Jamie yes yes. yeah that he is he admires his Machiavellian yeah there's great
1: great filmmaking by Bond at the end because you have that confrontation Mm -hmm. where everybody's at the table and. Um, it's Josh's whole family's at the table dressed up including Jamie. Jamie's dressed up. And Josh is dressed down like a hipster, right? He he, he used the rollerblades in the subway to get right, there. Right, right. And so they've reversed. So Josh is the hipster. Jamie's all dressed up like the adult. And there's an empty seat at the table. It's like jamie is the son that leslie never had he's the husband successful husband that cornelia never had
0: who will do anything to get it done and not just
1: and cornelia is kind of happy about it and so is leslie they're like yeah dude this is this is
0: who cares who cares what you fudge what you lie (laughs) yeah and it, it was kind of, I just had this thought, it was kind of a meet the parents moment, like when Ben Stiller's at the airport, and he's like, bomb, bomb, ba, bomb, bomb, bomb. Bom. <laughs> <And>, you know? <laughs> but you never have that switcheroo.
1: No, because...
0: You don't have that, yeah, you're right, you're a good guy.
1: Like, <laughs> remember, he's like, I'm not going to get the satisfaction I wanted here. And then right. they cut to Cornelia and him outside at Lincoln Center, uh, and he's like... She's like, I, you know, I understand you're obsessed. I still love you. We just went through some ups and downs. It's actually kind of a sweet movie at this point. Like you see their marriage. It's not deep. It's not like a deep meditation on their marriage, but it's like they went through some ups and downs. And um, she's like, yeah, I get it. I know, you know, you're still kind of obsessed with things you can't control. and um, But... And you're not as successful as I want you to be, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) at least I have daddy. Yeah,
1: Um. at least we have money, um, and we can be wistful and disdainful, and we uh, can go
0: get our black baby, and we'll go get get a black baby
1: from from Haiti. Uh, Well,
0: oh, and the great line there was, he's like, I feel like, what's the opposite of my? uh, The world is my oyster.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's 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 a good metaphor for the hipster lifestyle romantically presented by Bond back here right the world is your oyster and he right doesn't and that's why they, and
0: those kids yeah that's why they the went on their isn't...
1: journey together um yeah i think the problem with josh is the world could be his oyster if he, if he stopped getting in his own way
0: yeah he got... which is a classic ben stiller i mean that yeah. is just who yeah. ben stiller always plays
1: yeah um and and i keep thinking i kept trying to figure who's noah bombeck really jealous of here is there like a young filmmaker that he's jealous of i mean bombeck doesn't put out bombeck's a successful filmmaker he's indie but he's put out several films i think six films um he's not he's not a he's not a josh in that he never got anything done but do you think he wishes he got more done Do you think he wishes Um, he had more success? Would he use more of like a Wes Anderson? Or, I don't know, more of a David Gordon Green or more of a Michael Bay? Who knows? You know, who's he really jealous of? Some young up-and-coming filmmakers?
0: I don't... I don't know. I mean, well, two things. One... Wait, what was the fucking thing I was (laughs) going to (laughs) say? Um... Uh, Oh, just a little side note. I found out that Jesse Eisenberg was supposed to play Jamie. And thank God he didn't.
1: Interesting.
0: What do you think about that? Wouldn't that have been weird?
1: Uh, Because he... he, Well, Jesse Eisenberg would be like kind of a young Ben Stiller. It would be very specifically a younger version of himself.
0: Right. Versus a taller guy. A taller, maybe more
1: debonair kind of guy. I like the fact that Jamie has the looks and the smooth thing going that Josh doesn't because it it visualizes the thing that that Jamie has with Josh doesn't. Um, It's not just a a nerdy guy who can do it. Right.
0: I'm looking up at someone younger than me.
1: Right. Right. No, I think. Who's cooler than me. No, Jamie is actually cooler, better looking. He's got more than Josh does, and that's helpful in the in the midlife crisis department. It's it makes it more believable that he should be jealous of this guy. Um,
0: and to to your other point about who is he jealous of, I guess I didn't take it so much as that as more of a critique. Uh, I took it more as a critique of the reality, the fake reality culture we have now, where like half of television is, is fake reality and people only want to read nonfiction. I mean, maybe this is what annoys me. And I feel like if you, if you call something fiction, you can do whatever you want. But then once you call it nonfiction, I, I'm with Josh that you should be held to a more pure standard, like change the names, make it fiction. Why pretend that something is nonfiction when it's not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's an ongoing, it's definitely a problem. At one point he says, you know, documentaries are over. If everybody's recording something now, there's no such thing as documentary. And that makes a good point. But
0: with, Yeah. Yeah.
1: If unless, documentary is when you, you try to have some objectivity and, and, an op- and you you express your opinion through sort of editorial choices, not sort of rigging the story.
0: Right, right. And then, like, if you're recording everything and everything is real, is anything real? You know, you didn't dig. You didn't work hard enough. So maybe. But what was
1: your big finale thing that you wanted to talk about? That thing that brought the movie together for you?
0: Um. Well, to me, to me, that that question. And I had felt not especially sympathetic towards Josh throughout. Like I did see him as, you know, a little bit like spoiled and lazy and, you know, whatever, bitter. And then I really, I really felt for him and and it just made me think about that whole, that issue. Um, Another thing about the ending was the choice that they gave, went to go get this baby. Because I felt that the movie was kind of proving throughout that maybe you don't you don't need a baby. Um uh, and,
1: that, uh, and, and, and that helped or hurt your opinion of the film? It
0: it it hurt it a little bit, I would say. Um,
1: that they were yeah, that it they that they didn't hold to that choice. That it kind of is like a regret.
0: And they didn't they didn't really make the case for it. It's admitting they that they
1: made a mistake.
0: Kind of. Or I not mean, a I,
1: mistake, but that maybe it's just their evolution. It took them to get there, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that as much as I'm, like, resentful towards Jamie and I think that he is a bad guy and I don't support his Machiavellian tactics, I do think that he jump-started their lives.
1: Ah, uh, that's a great way to put it. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. that
0: relationship. Absolutely,
1: yeah. he did. He showed Josh what he needed to be.
0: Right, even though, yeah, in terms in of a way, husband
1: but... and a filmmaker.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that was cool, but I did I, I don't know how I feel. How did you feel about their decision to get a baby?
1: I thought it was another like great like white privilege moment that they're gonna go get a black baby. Um, <laughs> there were no there were no uh, people of color in this film. Um,
0: except for baby. <laughs> except for a picture um, of a baby.
1: What? so and and that is not representing Brooklyn the way it is um, today, especially especially Bushwick. So um, I but, I I the ending for me, the finale I, I didn't care about the baby and the marriage at the end. I didn't I, I didn't care I, about I that liked either. the head to head at the end between Josh and Jamie and they're kind of circling each other or maybe the camera's circling like they're going head to head. And uh, with the speech in the background and the speech is about truth and about putting yourself in the story um, and documentary and Josh is the purist and Jamie is 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 infidel who wants to change things. Who's like the truth is whatever I experience it as. And Mm -hmm. um, his
0: the battle of the values at the ending to me was the movie like I don't realize the the marriage, the children, who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel that it, that when people write about this movie, they're only writing about the intergenerational and the new Brooklyn and, you know, yeah, the hipster movement and whether or not you should have a baby yeah, and all those things. Yeah,
1: yeah, stop it. I mean, that that again, that's... It wasn't
0: the most interesting part. That's I mean, what I
1: thought the movie was going to be about. I thought it was going to be all about that, but it's not. It's about this... I don't know. I keep saying it's about josh's midlife crisis do you disagree with that like this is like a new york midlife crisis
0: yeah and I, but i feel like his particular midlife crisis was about truth and art kind of
1: well that like, that was his
0: facts and or no
1: I, the, to me it's like the midlife crisis is i got everything i want i've mm-hmm. i've chosen this life and i'm not happy with it Right. As opposed yeah. to the op- the regular midlife crisis, mature people who don't live in America, in New York City, right. go through, which is, well, you know, maybe I compromise. I don't necessarily have the job I want. I have a family, and I'm secure, and I have a house and a car and stuff. But I, I never pursued my dreams. Um, it's like the opposite of that. It's like the privileged yeah. midlife crisis. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. You're right. I don't, it, yeah. Instead. Yeah. But I, I, for me, the
1: ending was I liked when he's like, you know what, you're going to go in there and you're going to tell him what you did. And he's like, okay.
0: Yeah. It's not that big a deal. And it like, didn't that matter. it didn't matter. Because... That was so interesting to me. Yeah. Like, you don't see that. You know? Like, because at that point, you're with you're with Josh. You know? You want to see this blow up. Yeah. And there was and a bit the... of
1: a reversal there. But but it's... It's... it's When Leslie's like, well, the, the movie works on a lot of other movies. Oh, and he has this great line. He goes things change different Mm -hmm. things matter things change Mm -hmm. different things matter and
0: which is why i think that he's like an older josh or jamie yeah because they're both just like yeah whatever matters we're gonna be in the zeitgeist
1: yeah and and that's and that's part of being an old man is when you like can't handle that things change Right.
0: Right. So even though Josh is younger than Leslie Lindsay, yeah,
1: he yeah. <laughs> is older. <laughs> Leslie Lindsay Groden. He, right. he no, in a way he has an older mindset. Right. He has this older mindset where he can't handle things changing, and and the new kid on the block um, is embracing that things change, and in and, and cell phones and social media and you know hipster lifestyles and all that stuff, and it's like, oh, I'm old. I can't handle change. I can't handle change. And he gets jolted by by this guy, and his and uh, his marriage gets jolted by. And I love what you said that it 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 gives him the push that he needs, and hopefully, like his life is changed after this experience, right? And then Josh is not so stuck anymore.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think I sympathize with uh, um, with Josh in that I have the same. You know, it took me three hours to get on this podcast. I have technological (laughs)
1: fears. (laughs) Do do you know? We 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 can do like a quick summation of our thoughts. Any quick, quickly like best like New York stuff that you got from this movie?
0: Um, Can you go first?
1: Um, Let me think. Okay, so um, I I. I, 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 the fucking hats <laughs> like oh, <yeah. laughs> the, the, the Ben Stiller and Adam Driver like like the, the hat being the symbol of the young hip New Yorker was just like hilarious to me
0: <laughs> yeah like an old man's hat is now the new
1: yeah yeah and then um, there was a, a moment with like the Wilco CD um, mm-hmm. and he's like have you seen the cover of my Wilco CD he's like the the liner notes. she's like what does it look like it looks like the same thing as the cover of the CD I guess that's <laughs> not a New Yorker thing this is like a old man uh, generation thing um, the New Yorker thing uh, I don't know I liked the ice cream being like a d- big deal because I love ice cream in New York and it had, artisanal ice cream is such a big deal in Brooklyn now and I kind of love that shit. Um,
0: what, what, was there were they eating Chinese food? Did I don't know. Oh, they went Chinese to do food?
1: ramen, right?
0: I thought that they were supposed to have Chinese food when they met up with uh with Adam. They're like, "Whoa, we have plans."
1: Oh, I didn't see that and they didn't have Chinese. Yeah.
0: I no, I could be wrong, but I feel like only old people eat Chinese food. <laughs> only old, only old New Yorker, or you know, in, in New York, people, ramen is
1: ramen is a re- fancy ramen is a really big deal now. Not like
0: for the young, but yeah. for like the you know, forty-somethings still eat Chinese. I food.
1: guess so. That's that's true. <laughs> I mean, all New Yorkers eat Chinese food. Um, yeah. Did you feel like this movie had a? What does Noah Bombback feel about Woody Allen? Where do they stand in the in the pantheon of like New York? Filmmakers,
0: um, yeah. I mean, it, oh, well, one thing that I, I read in one of the articles was that this was his most pl- so the, the person writing it was like, This is your most plot heavy, uh, uh, movie, and then his God. other movies, yeah, right, right, exactly. It's like, Oh, good, thanks. That the other movies are way more episodic, and I feel that Woody Allen's movies. Often have a similar episodic kind of feel. Do you oh, interesting? Do you agree?
1: I think his more recent work is very well plotted.
0: Yeah, but something like Annie Hall mm-hmm. or yeah, oh, the yeah, classic the classics, ones. Yeah. yeah,
1: certainly. Yeah, yeah. Which which lend themselves to the emotional journeys that the person are going on. They're not necessarily straightforward. That the the Woody Allen character is going on
0: yeah, like only an auteur can kind of get away with plotless movies where <laughs> If getting away moment. with it means like
1: uh, you know three a three a three, a, a three theater <laughs> sh- right <laughs> showing, right. Um, but I think um, I think Bombek still has a lot of montage in this that Mm. that feels episodic but he still has as we proved because we just did a good blake snyder beat sheet for him that he actually Mm -hmm. has structure um and it moves you through the movie faster and it and it it enriches our emotional like uptake of what's going on It, it, it allowed us to see the marriage it allowed us to see the the um the dynamic relationship between jamie and josh
0: Yeah, and I would say that the reason that I I kind of am focusing on the the ending was because a lot of it felt like laying bricks for the first hour. Mm -hmm. Like, I really didn't know where things were going. Yeah. So when when you look at it afterwards, you're like, oh, yeah, those plot points are there. But during, you're like, where is this going? Yeah, yeah. What does this mean?
1: Which is well done, because Mm -hmm. you don't realize... It didn't jump out at you. You didn't realize the Jamie thing was going to go south. That the friend that mm-hmm. Jamie was going to be a total douche, um, and it's great. And we didn't know that there was going to be a tête-à-tête a at the end like that. Um, right. it
0: was surprising. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and in a way, the fact that Josh does the big confrontation and it and it totally, you know, runs out of gas, like it doesn't go anywhere. It's a kind of a, a way to say, you know what, Josh, things are going to be okay. Your problems are not as big a deal as you think they are. You need to just relax um, and like you know, relax. move on with your life. You know? Well, he um,
0: certainly has I, the, the same it to, um, to most anxious, people. bitter, <laughs> you that? know, because nirvana. why? Especially vibe. Yeah. Um, as a Woody Allen. Well, okay. I mean, I, I feel right. a little so, bit summation. conflicted no, about this, sorry. but I, I feel like I have a lot of conversations with friends about the whole kids thing. You know, like, is it okay not to have kids? And what, and ha- what is
1: the answer that this movie gives?
0: Well, that's the thing that's uh, that's what makes me feel a little bit bad about recommending it. Because in the end, it has, it's like, it ha- yeah, it has <laughs>
1: that conversation and then cops out with the ending
0: and exactly yeah it like presents you with yeah life could be really cool without having a kid and then in the last minute and eh, now we're gonna do it um so i don't know but at least it it it's a conversation okay. it's maybe not an answer
1: okay so but it had. but it ha- you recommend it because it has that conversation
0: because, yeah, that conversation is happening with everyone I know. So I, I want to, you know, promote that. And I guess I would also recommend it to people who are thinking about the whole how truthful do you need to be in, um, in film.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, also, the, the, the major thing that it talks about, which is Baumbach, I think he talks about in a lot of his movies, is, like, this paralysis thing. Greenberg is about mm-hmm. paralysis. And um, Frances Ha was about her paralysis. Um I think I think well, this movie I, does a great job. I I'm, I'm going to do my summary now. You had your summary. Okay. I'm doing my summary. <laughs> All right, fine. We're, at, we're like you. totally out of time. Fine. So so okay. so my summary is this movie gives you a, like a taste of a romantic perspective on hipster Brooklyn, Bushwick, right? Mm. Which is cool. I think um it's Not as um, polished as the Hollywood version would be. It's a little bit more real, um, but it's not as dingy as the the, the actual Bushwick (laughs) late-night dance parties that are drug-infused and dirty and um, full of creepy people. I think the... Relationship between Josh and Jamie and the midlife crisis of a privileged white forty-something guy is an interesting um, undertaking to examine. Um, again, it the you know in the same way that um, Girls was had all that trouble in the beginning. Uh, because of the title of this this series. Um, It's trying to represent all girls everywhere. This film is not trying to represent um, all marriages everywhere or all 40-something midlife crises everywhere. Um, Although it it does have a similar general title, While We're Young. When you say, while we're young, it's talking about, like, are you talking about we as, like, all of us? No, this is just... Uh, you know, a very specific, very specific, <laughs> privileged white people in in their forties in New York, and if you're interested in that, this is a an honest portrayal and funny and and self-deprecating portrayal of that. Um,
0: Do you think it's more uh, would have a wider appeal than a Woody Allen movie, or of a or maybe Woody Allen in his prime? Do you think it would have a less? No, wide I think appeal? it's
1: Woody Allen's funnier. This guy uh-huh. Baumbach is more um pathos oriented. He's a little bit more about this the the seriousness of it and you throw in a a uh, Ben Stiller to try to bring some funny to it, but it's not written funny. On the page it's not funny. And huh. and like you you had one laugh out loud moment. I had one laugh out loud moment. Not that Woody Allen makes me laugh out loud that much, but at least he's a joke writer, you know. Mhm. He he's right. he knows about the hard joke. This is, it this is a light romantic comedy at the end of the day. But I liked it, and um, and I appreciate Noah Bondbeck throwing some structure in his movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, Yay, Noah. Yeah, well done. <laughs> maybe Greta, maybe Greta pushed some structure into him.
1: Oh, she, um. she, I don't know. Maybe she's she's a young writer, but she used to work with the Duplass brothers, and not all their movies had had structure, but
0: but great on transparent. Awesome. Um. Anything
1: else for the, for the end of it? This is your first podcast. Great job.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, I'll, I'll bring more alcohol next time. <laughs> there we go. Um. <laughs>
1: this is The Script. Uh, it's produced by Jordan Rosengarten and David Negrin. You can email us, fan mail us, hate mail us, comments, questions, proclamations to scriptfeed at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page, our Google Plus page, by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can also follow us on Twitter at ScriptFeed. If you live in New York City, sign up for one of our workshops at meetup.com under NYC Screenwriters Collective. Thanks very much.